Welcome back to the show, your ultimate playlist podcast full of choice tracks. I'm Brandon. I'm Damon. I'm Dietrich. And I'm Taj. All right. So if this is your first time joining us, welcome. Just a quick little recap what we do here. This is a music podcast. We have two sides. We have side A, side B. Side A is a choice track based on a theme that's been selected by a host. Side B is a choice album, a whole album that everybody listens to, selected by a host. We have a conversation about that album, and then we pick our favorite choice tracks from that album. So let's go ahead and go ahead and drop that needle on side A. All right. So the theme for this week's episode is favorite song by Bob Dylan. If you don't know who Bob Dylan is, look him up. Um, I won't go too much into detail about Bob Dylan, but what I would like to say is Bob Dylan was born in 1941. Uh, he's been a, in the music business for over 60 years. His debut album came out in 1962. He's from Minnesota, and he is one of the greatest songwriters of all time. Um, he has also had a lot of different sounds, um, sort of different personas throughout the years as well. Started as a folk artist, did some electric, electrical, mu- uh, electronic. He added electric, electronic guitar into his sound, which uh, angered a lot of uh, folk musicians. Um, and, you know, there's just, uh, he's just been around and he's, uh, he, he, he's, I, I think he's one of the greatest musicians of all time. Um, I'm going to stop rambling so I can get on, uh, move on to my favorite choice track. And my favorite choice track by Bob Dylan that I've selected is from the 1975 album, Blood on the Tracks. And the song is Simple Twist of Fate. And wished that he'd gone straight and watched out for a simple twist of fate. Um, this is from his 15th studio album. And when it premiered, it was number one on the Billboard. Um, the album, when it came out, had kind of mixed reviews. Uh, now it's hailed as one of the greatest albums of all time. And I totally agree. Uh, I think every song on this album is great. This is the one that stands out the most for me, though I could have picked many different songs from this album. The song itself is uh, it's basically about a romantic relationship that has gone sour. And the song itself is actually listed at number 15 on Rolling Stone's Top 100 Bob Dylan Songs. And let that sink in. 100 Bob Dylan songs, right? I mean, 100 great Bob Dylan songs. That's how many great songs Bob Dylan's written. And he's written so many more than that. And this one on the Rolling Stones list uh, sits at number 15. I think this is definitely, for me, top 10 Bob Dylan songs. I just, I, I really like the, the production value on the song. I love his voice. I love the lyrics. One of the reasons why I love Bob Dylan is the lyrics to his songs. This is no exception. Um, curious to see what you guys think of Simple Twist of Fate. So I, I liked it a lot. I had never actually heard this particular song before. Um, I enjoyed it. I, I'm not sure where my mind was the first time I listened to it the first time through because I thought the story was completely something different. And then uh, the second time is like, oh, okay. Um, yeah, Bob Dylan's 
uh, amazing. It's what I think is what's interesting is like his songwriting is, you know, second to none. And so it's interesting because I know a lot of his or some of his materials like has been done by other bands. Right. And it's made, there've been hits, right? Like Bob Dylan writes the song and like, he does it and like, it has his own taste, but like, you know, somebody else does it. What was interesting about this is I don't know why my brain, I mean, it's Bob Dylan. Don't get me wrong, but my brain went to like, I could see Paul Simon singing the song. I, and I know they're kind of from the same time frame, and it's kind of maybe that just that folksy vibe, but, uh but yeah, the, I enjoyed the song in its entirety. It just the 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 story itself stood out, um, and it was like, yeah, it was a it was a good pick uh, for, for sure. And I had never heard it before, and I enjoyed hearing it. And it's uh, it's I guess the other thing I want to say is like it, I hadn't heard a lot of Bob Dylan songs that weren't all political in nature, you know, or had a message, you know. Um, and, and this was just kind of like a, a slice of life song, and, and, and I enjoyed it for that. So. Yeah, this is uh, Bob Dylan is definitely one of my one of my favorite like folk artists. Um, but I'm torn because Jacob Dylan, his son. And the wallflowers is phenomenal too. So it's like he his even his offspring is like I don't know, superpowers or some shit. But um Bob Dylan's like a poet and he knows it because he writes the shit out of a lot of really good songs. I had, I had a lot of friends in high school that were big fans of Bob Dylan. And I wasn't always like the biggest fan, but I saw him live actually when I was in high school. And I saw um him open I want to say he opened for or no the opener was Ani DeFranco Tom okay, <laughs> Dylan yeah no he didn't open for Bob shit <laughs> and I almost thought that like I think he might have almost not been able to do the show but then he did the show and I was really excited um, yeah this is the in the 90s and uh, yeah what a good time I mean and you know he's still going he's still doing stuff that's amazing. And a lot of, a lot of these artists that have been around for a very long time are still, um, they're still writing, which I think is awesome. Uh, we need more, you know, we need more good stuff. I like, I like this homework, man. It was so much fun to just kind of like go back in time for me. It was like a high school, high school years because I had so many friends that were into Bob Dylan. Um, and they were like, they, they would like write, rewrite the lyrics and, you know, like look at the, look at the lyrics and just like make them into poems for themselves. Most of these people were women. <laughs> so they were really into like the Bob Dylan scene. Uh, but yeah, no, I think, I think this is great, man. Um, He's definitely, he's definitely, like, made me think about, you know, what I should be thinking about. So, thanks for that. Thanks for sharing this. Um, Bob Dylan, to me, is the king of complicated songs. Um, I, I will put that out there only because some of his lyrics are, like, so left field. And then other parts is, like, right on the money. So it, it's kind of hard to to separate for me the 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 spiritual slash theological from the pragmatic side of him, right? So um, 
it's it's two things, right? It's one is he's had a very long and successful career, but you know he's had a lot of roadblocks along the way. This particular song within itself kind of feels like it's coming from those roadblocks. You know what I'm saying? So uh, that within itself is like, damn, because not everybody can put that into words. And the fact that he's able to do so in such a way, and especially when you're talking about his catalog for all this time, for what's going on is crazy. But the other part of it for me is kind of like cynical because he's the guy that inspired other guys to pick up guitars in college to like swoop the ladies, you know what I'm saying? And try to come up with something that sounds so profound, but it's really not. Um, or they just straight out flat copied his lyrics and tried to sound like they knew what they were doing with the guitar just so they could get laid. So it was like he laid that foundation of what not to do in college, but he made it cool to do it. So that's why they thought they could do it. At the same time, it's kind of like, mm, I don't know where to sit with it. He's kind of like an enigma to me. I, I, because every time I look over a documentary or I look over, you know, some of his work or I listen to some of his songs, I'm kind of like in my own complex mind trying to figure out where the hell is he coming from or who is he exactly talking about? Because I know he pulls a lot from life situations. So it's like, you really want to know. You just want to ask him like, dude, who are you talking about in this song? And hope that he's drunk enough to come out and tell you what it was. But, you know, if you ever get that chance, great. But outside of that, no. Yeah. Yeah, I Wait. said a whole lot of nothing there. Sorry, but it's just kind of—I just kind of had to get that ran out the way, because otherwise it would have pissed me off, and I would have said something crazy about another track. But no, we're good to go. Wait, and, and just last thing on this is like it, this is like a a brandy but flipped. <laughs> oh, the song, song. Like, yeah. yeah, okay, because it's like he's like the twist of fate. Like he almost got the girl. Yeah, is that how I'm? Yeah, understanding because like. It, everything yeah. should have been lined up and then like oh, now right she's there. off with, with some other sailor and and hopefully he runs into her again you know after the other sailor leaves but you know and was he hanging out with a bunch of people that were like sailors like I don't really understand no, he's how that a happened. sailor like he's oh, it's he's a, a sailor story about yeah the, okay yeah and I, and I and I think it's been told too that blood on the tracks is a very autobiographical album like even Jacob Dylan had said, had said that because yeah. it this was when he was breaking up with his wife when he started working on on this album some of these tracks came around that time mm. it's just how he felt like i think he poured a lot of emotion into like okay well it didn't really happen but it's how it made me feel here's the story i came up with and then he just writes amazing shit. yeah i mean like <laughs> just like and this isn't taken away from the other songs that we've selected but couple other tracks from that album one called tangled up in blue and then one called um you know uh what is it um uh storm oh my god my mind's blinking but anyway um that's just an example uh, of some of the song titles get to kind of give you an idea so yeah i know tangle up in blue that's yeah nice. yeah anyway Okay, cool. Okay. I man, I, I wish I could remember the uh name of the song. I feel really, really silly. Maybe I'll bring it up later. Um, okay. Let's go ahead and move on. Oh, shelter and... from the store. Yes, that's it. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. So just kind of give you an idea where he might have been, just based on the song titles, where where he was at in his life. So 
Um, okay, let's go ahead and move on. And Damon, what do you got for us? Okay, so I I like this song a lot, and the first time I heard it was not from Bob Dylan; it was from Guns N' Roses. And we've talked about Guns N' Roses before; they they know good music. Well, this is just one of the Bob Dylan songs that I just I think it's so fucking amazing. If you didn't like the last song, you like the next one. It's like he's got so much, and his uh, you know, we just mentioned that he's got hundreds of was it like in the thousands um of stuff that he's written there's probably there's probably stuff that's stashed away that we're not even going to hear until he's long gone too you know um and i you know i yeah so my song pick was knocking on heaven's door um this is a it's a pretty slow kind of dark song, <laughs> but I love the sound. I love the I love uh, the lyrics, and uh, it can be interpreted interpreted in different ways. I always thought it was kind of like um, you've lived a life that brought on uh, you know tempted fate, I guess, kind of like his other song, but in a bad way and it's sort of like I wish I could say more before I'm gone that sort of thing that's that's uh that's the impression I got like should I have done it should I have done these things but uh what do you guys think (laughs) I'm sure it's up to to interpretation in some way yeah um so this is from the album and the motion picture soundtrack Pat Garrett and Billy the Kid it was a oh it was a film directed by Sam Peckinpah, and it's a movie I really, really like. And, of course, Ooh. you know, I had heard the song long before I had ever seen the movie. Yeah. And then I, I, you know, I finally saw the film, and I was becoming, I was, you know, I became a Bob Dylan fan, especially in my 20s, I would say. And oh, yeah? just okay. the, the pairing of the music by, by Bob Dylan to the images on screen are, are phenomenal. And this yeah. soundtrack is actually one I revisit. Like when I listen to Bob Dylan, this is a sound like this is one of his albums that I, I always come back to. And the song itself, uh, you know, mirrored with the imagery in the yeah. film, make that song that much more powerful. So the song alone stands on its own, but you pair that with, with what's happening in the movie and the song is elevated to another level. Um, and I, I would str- strongly recommend watching the movie because um, I think the song will have more of an impact uh, be- because of what you're seeing on screen. So I, I think the song is great. I do know the Guns N' Roses song as well, which is <laughs> awesome too. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, this this is a great song. And, you know, like you, I've heard it so many times and yet I never get sick of it. Um. Uh, yeah, I think yeah. this is a great choice for sure. Thanks, man. So I, I, I've heard the song before. I, I liked it a lot. Um, I, for some reason, I didn't put together with the with Guns and Roses. I thought, but maybe not. I thought the there was another band that that did it. But like, I'm looking here, and there's like a bunch of covers of it, and uh, it looks like you know. Um, 
there, uh, Eric Clapton, um, Grateful Dead, Warren, um, uh, Zion, I think I got the last name wrong, but anyways, like there's a bunch of people that have covered at least five yeah. other people and you're like, yeah, but it's, it's a great song for a reason. So, but yeah, so, um, but it, this particular version, like I, I didn't, I listened to it and yeah, yeah th- this is, I'm not sure if it's a de- definitive version, but it's an enjoyable version for sure. And, and Bob Dylan just brings it to life. So for sure. We'll have to I check like out it. that movie for sure though. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm the same as them and I have to check out the movie, but the song itself loved it. And that's, I'm going to keep it short. Just loved it. <laughs> no, I think it's on appetite for destruction. I think they do. The no, I, I don't or think it's they, an appetite. It's like the one after that. I thought it was on. Use your yeah, mittens. Yeah, use uh, your illusions. No, it's earlier than that. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> All I know I is that I heard it from them first. But, yeah. Which know, makes sense. Like, you're not yeah. 10 years old. You're not listening to Bob Dylan. Not usually. I mean, I I remember getting on a bus with like people with boom boxes on their shoulder. There was always a dude with a jean jacket, and he was just blasting fucking Guns N' Roses every day. And uh, I think one day he was playing this too, and it was just like, oh, he's kind of like, like, what's going on? I was like, that's a pretty cool song. I was always like so prophetic as a a kid, you know. And I just I kind of like let my mind wander a lot, but music was part of that for sure. And yeah, so. Yeah, Guns N' Roses did a good job, but Bob Dylan does it better. All right. Well, uh, good choice. Let's go to move on. And Taj, what yes. is your selection? So uh, when this uh, thing came up, I, I went and listened to those, some songs. Um, I didn't want to do, um, you know, a standard song. So uh I almost played around, almost played around with the, the thought of doing Hurricane, uh, which that's a crazy song. Uh, but I didn't want to get into the the story part behind it because I didn't think that was my my story to tell. But uh, so I decided to do something that I feel until I heard Brandon's song, it, something that I felt that you know Bob Dylan doesn't do a lot of, which is love songs, <laughs> but maybe he does. And, and you know, I. I I will admit I'm just mostly on the surface, but um, I think he I, does. <laughs> okay, I'm just going to put it out there. Okay, but um, it, I had heard this song before. It, it was always a really, you know, a great song. But it's like uh, I picked "Lay Lady Lay." Lay Lady Lay, lay across my big grass bed. So, um, and it's. It's just, you know, like a, just a romantic song, like, hey, you don't have to go anywhere. You can hang out, you know, just lay there. You know, we can just chat, talk, you know, and it's, you know, it's nice and people. And yeah. So, but yeah. Yeah. Makes you want to own a brass bed. But yeah. <laughs> All right. I'm a brass collector and I like... The ladies. I don't know. <laughs> right. um, so. So, I, well, okay. I'll, I'll jump in. Um, I think this is a, another excellent uh, choice track. Um, you know, I 
But one thing that I always like about this song too is it is of course a Bob Dylan song. He sounds a little different on this. And, and like to me, he sounds a little different than he does on some of the earlier albums that he did or, you know, the later stuff. Well, um, and I don't know, here, though, right? It's pretty young. Yeah. But I mean, like he had a distinctive voice from the get go. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and to me, like this one just sounds, I don't know. His vocals just sound slightly, slightly different. Um, but yeah, I mean, songwriting is great the the sound is phenomenal i like the rhythm it's uh it's just it's comforting when i hear this song i it just i don't know it just puts me at ease when i hear hear this song for i yeah and and the album cover i love the album cover too um <laughs> it's good stuff man i mean <laughs> yeah all like everything all the songs we've all selected are are phenomenal um he just, I mean, so many great songs Bob Dylan, you know, wrote and uh, created. So good stuff. Good choice. Oh. It's a loose love story. <laughs> a I little say love, love story. loosely. <laughs> I say love loosely. Um, no, this is a great pick, man. Um, there are no bad picks in this episode. Damn. I really want to shit on somebody, but I can't. <laughs> No, everyone. Well, you'd be, you be shitting on Bob place. Dylan, then. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you don't want to take a shit on Bob Dylan. Choice of Bob Dylan. You know, somebody could have gone down to the deep depths of the track that nobody's ever heard of from obscurity and tried to bring that up into the twofold. It was like you had all these tracks to choose from. You had one job to do, but nobody did that. Everybody picked a great one, so it's kind of like it's not too uh, much to uh, say about it. I I picked my favorite, like. Because I just remember it being my favorite, but yeah, that's I hear what, what you're I think saying. everybody did. Yeah, everybody yeah. picked the song that they knew and knew well, and and like shit, you can't really say too much about it. It's kind of like a sappy thing, but I think Bob would approve the fact that we can't find shit wrong with the song. So at least our <laughs> choice. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. How boring is that? Wow. Yeah, I'm sorry. I will say, it, I mean, just uh, not about the song, but like I did see Bob Dylan. Uh, when I played at ACL and that was one of the weirder concerts for like a headliner closer because, uh, you know, I was single at the time. So I'd always like try and get as close as possible. That one was weird. Cause like to the ladies or to the stage. Well, oh, no, oh, to the stage. Oh, you mentioned you were single. So I didn't know what the reference yeah, yeah. was. But. No, no, but like, <laughs> the thing is Bob that, Dylan? Really? you guys are going to get canceled at a Bob Dylan concert. Cool. <laughs> No, I've never seen it since, and and I'm not sure why. For Bob Dylan, it was this way, but like, it, it you know, people moved up front, they would play a song, yeah, and then people would move, leave, and then people would right. move up front, play a song, and then more people. Like by the end, like halfway through a set, like I was cl- very close to the front of the stage, like, it, and I don't know why. It, and it's it's a little sad, and maybe it's just because it was all you know, younger people, but like, I, I don't know why not everybody stayed packed in for him, but like he played, you know, I enjoyed all the songs he's played. So, yeah. I mean, yeah, most people are probably blazing up at this point. <laughs> and so they're chilling <laughs> in the field somewhere. True. Uh, maybe, they're, maybe listening. That's it. they're just <laughs> not <laughs> at like a Foo Fighters concert. <laughs> right. So. right. Exactly. So. Um, Damon, what do you think of the song? Oh, Lay Lady Lay? Yeah. yeah. There's uh 
I, I think it reminds me of something I like. It's definitely cinematic. I mean, this is um, I've heard it in more than one movie. I'm sure. I always like to relate music to movies because it's you know music and movies go hand in hand. Um, that's probably the first time I'd heard this song. Um, I liked it. I think it does sound different. He sounds a little bit like Elvis Costello, <laughs> that kind of vibe, you know? And uh, I think it's maybe it's around that era where artists were trying something different. I think he was always trying something different. I think Bob Dylan, I mean, still is, but I think when he's younger, he was still trying to find himself, but yet he was uh, inventing this whole thing that he was doing with, you know, poetry and music and, you know, like slow rock and some fast. And I mean, this guy was on every tour with everybody. All the big, big artists were touring with him. And I mean, he was just a big part of that, that era. Was he at Woodstock? Bob Dylan? Cause I don't think I ever watched like, or saw the whole queue for people at uh, Woodstock. Um, I would say he was right. Like he must've been. I thought he was. If he wasn't, that would, that'd be really fucking weird, but uh, that would have been great. Let's see, if I could go back in time, I'd definitely go to Woodstock. But yeah, no, I like I liked it a lot. I think I like it is it is a love song. It is uh, it's definitely endearing. So there's so many fucking lyrics, <laughs> I can't keep up with the lyrics. And my friends in high school, they were like keeping up with the lyrics they like knew what he was talking about all the time like in the in the different albums different songs and it was just crazy but i think that's genius man all right well uh so uh, he, oh he was not at woodstock by the way sorry actually it doesn't surprise me all right yeah. all right and then there was one Diedrich. what do you got there can only be one. I'm gonna throw that out there. Um, so I picked my pick is, is don't get it twisted. It is it is a top song. It is one of his, his biggest releases. It's it's definitely up there. But to me, the reason why I picked it is because when I first heard it, I got the dynamics of where it was coming from. I just got curious as hell as who exactly he was talking about because this story was kind of so specific in a way that you couldn't not say that it wasn't about somebody specific. You know, you can't just say you're just writing this out your ass in this particular situation. So this is one of those where life or art is imitating life. And it really got me curious as to who it was he was talking about. So um, I chose I chose Like a Rolling Stone. Like a Rolling Stone Um, but that's off of his 1965 album. Uh, what was it? Uh, uh, really, really quick out of my head, was it? Uh, Highway 65, you visited? I already visited. I keep forgetting the number. That's Highway 61. 61, right? 61, yes. Okay. Um, I keep, yeah, because he actually released it in 65 on the B side. Um, but then it came out, you know, it got a release again in 66. And so this was like a song that he was pushing out there. His record label didn't like it. Columbia loved it. 
Um, it was in the transition, like we talked about before, as far as what he was coming out sound wise. But the song itself is a beautiful song. It's it's literally about you know lost innocence. It's about a woman who we call Miss Lonely, who literally was at the top, was in you know in privilege, and then loses her way and is out of privilege, is out of out of sight, out of mind. Kind of one of those like. Uh, limelight stories that we talked about before, right? Where you got the the person that's in the limelight and in the life, and all of a sudden they're out of it and they're all the outside looking in and don't know how the hell they got there and don't know how to get back. And up for one second, I was thinking it was talking about Edie Segway. For another second, I thought it was talking about you know another particular person that was around that time frame. For those who don't know, Edie was um, one of the artists that Andy Warhol brought out to the world. Um, this. This possibly referred to her mental or physical abuse from him in that situation. They also talked about how, you know, uh, Bob Dylan probably had, had, or not probably, allegedly had a short stay relationship, uh, with Eddie before she found out that he secretly got married. Um, and then that, that totally crashed everything else and then kind of went downhill from there. Um, it's, it's one of those, you know, telltale signs of, you know, Watch who you're around and, and watch how you conduct yourself. And, you know, one second you could be here and the next second you could be gone. And to me, that was it was written beautifully. Um, it's definitely a cautionary tale within itself. But I, I my my inquisitive nature just really wants to know who it was about and, and how it came to be and why it came to be. So if anybody else has any other knowledge to share on that, please share with the class. Um, but outside of that beautifully written song, one of the best songs I ever heard from him uh, that I can vouch for. And if anybody wants, wants to argue about it, we can fight about it all day long. Um, but tell me what y'all think about Like a Rolling Stone. Uh, I mean, the song's a classic. The song's a masterpiece. You know, every, again, it's another one of those songs where it's like, you may not know the name Bob Dylan, but I'm pretty sure... You've heard this song. I mean, this song is used on car commercials. You know, like it's it's everywhere. It's been everywhere. It's, you've been, <laughs> it's a car commercial song. Yeah, I can see that. I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, it's crazy, especially considering what the lyrics are about. But it doesn't matter. Yeah. You know, well, so it's like, something rolling, right? So they just yeah, it's a rolling. Throw it in there. That's cool. That's a truck, right? Um, <laughs> you know, yeah, is it like a truck. Uh. But yeah, I mean, whenever you think of Bob Dylan, you can't help but not think of this is one of the first songs that's going to pop in your mind. You know, like this is the one of the the, very, the first songs that will I like, you know, when you think of Bob Dylan, that's that's it. You know, and I got to say, too, that Highway 61 Revisited is one of my favorite al- albums, um, one of my favorite by Bob Dylan, for sure. Like it's it's usually like. This one and, and, uh, blonde on blonde and, um, blood on, blood on the tracks. Um, but I mean, Highway 61 Revisited is amazing. This is a great song. Again, there were no clunkers in this episode. I mean, how could there be? You know, there's so many good songs by Bob Dylan. Um, but yeah, I mean, this is, this is high tier, top of the list. Excellent choice. So it, it, I like, I, I've heard the song before. I liked it. I guess what's interesting is I guess I never really dug into the lyrics on this song. Um, I just always 
took it as like a, a for some reason I thought it was a protest song, right? And um and when you were talking about it, I was like, who is he talking about? And like I kind of always thought it was like linked to the tale of Sisyphus, you know, the Greek person that's always pushing a boulder up the hill. Um and, and for some reason I thought that's why it was some of the imagery was always like that. Like it never stops. Like you either are pushing the boulder up the hill or the boulder keeps rolling down the hill. Like the boulder just never stops, right? Um, and and I thought that's where the, the Rolling Stone came from, but I, I guess I didn't really dig into the lyrics, and I should have. So, <laughs> no, it's all good. Yeah, the Rolling Stone represents you being in the pack at first, and then you're by yourself. Uh, okay. Essentially, you're lost from the pack. You you are you're by yourself like a Rolling Stone. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Okay. So, but yeah, it, now I know. So, <laughs> and knowing have to battle. Right. Exactly. Now, I, it, now, I've always wondered this as a weird caveat. Like, did the Rolling Stones get their band name from this song? No. I don't think so. <laughs> I'm just saying this song was the popular is enough. Stealing it from Bob like, Dylan. <laughs> yeah. No. So, okay. Yeah, no, they hurts. actually... Oh, how did they get... Um, they got theirs from... Uh, Throwing rocks in the pond or something? No, 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 no. Muddy Waters. <laughs> oh, oh it's fucking ripping yeah. off Muddy Waters? Um, no, nah, Muddy Waters dang. had a song called Rolling Stone, and that's how they got their, their name. They took it from uh, one of his songs. So they're like a blues yeah. fan. They're like blues fans. That's how they started oh, out. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah. That makes sense. Okay. That's cool. I like that, actually. Glad we discussed that. Oh. Yeah, the first time I heard this was a, like a Ford. Commercial. No. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think uh at it. like a rock. <laughs> yeah. Different song, bro. <laughs> well the rolling the rolling stone. Uh, it was a Flintstones episode. That's what it was. Oh, uh, they ripped off the fucking Flintstones. Uh yeah, Bob Dylan's cool, man. He's I mean he's Lyrical. I mean, this is crazy. Every song that you can look at, it's, it's like a whole story. And you could probably make a movie based on every song, too. That's that's what's crazy. I mean, it's, that's how in-depth this goes. He's a writer, he's a poet, musician. He would probably, he probably wouldn't give me a time of day, <laughs> I'm sure. I don't think I could ever understand or comprehend his level. It's like, it's it's amazing. It's crazy. His the way he describes everything, um, but yeah, I like this story because it is like how I feel sometimes. You know, you're you're doing really well, then all of a sudden you're you know you're shot down. <laughs> you think you're doing well, or you have you have inspiration or aspirations, and then they go away for some reason. Um, that's kind of what I got from this, but yeah, yeah. So keep your head up, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> So okay, so I guess um, since there's nothing else, we're going to go and uh, flip the record and drop the needle on side B. Uh, Brandon, you had some uh, homework for us, didn't you? I did, I did, and um, yeah. So I've been wanting to do this for a while, and I think I mentioned it on the podcast before. I always knew that I wanted to do three albums that Richard Thompson was a part of and we're here guys so round of applause uh yeah so 
The album that, that I've selected for this episode is from 1974, and the album is called I Want to See the Bright Lights Tonight. But it wasn't a solo album by Richard Thompson. It wasn't Richard Thompson when he was part of Fairport Convention. It, it was Richard and Linda Thompson. They were married at the time when this album came out. So Richard and Linda Thompson, they're a British folk duo. And they were married in 1972. Um, after Richard Thompson left Fairport Convention, he had released a solo album in 1972, the year that he married Linda. And that was called Henry the Human Fly. Was not very well received. And then Richard and Linda formed the group and their debut album is this one here that we're talking about. Again, like I said, it came out in 1974. Um, when it was originally released, it got mixed reviews. Now, when people look back on it, they consider it a masterpiece. Uh, and who am I to disagree? Um, I love Richard Thompson. I wanted to pair, you know, another great songwriter with this episode. That, so that's why we started with Bob Dylan. Because I think Richard Thompson is one of the greatest uh, singer-songwriters of all time. He's also an amazing guitarist as well. Um, Linda has uh, fantastic vocals. They both sing on here. Um, I know the I know the songs were Richard, written by Richard Thompson. I don't think Linda wrote anything. Um, but you know they had quite a few albums uh, together and. 1981, December 1981, they actually separated. Uh, they had one more album that came out the following year called Shoot Out the Lights in 1982. And that was the last time they worked together. And Richard, of course, went on to a, uh, amazing solo work, a solo artist. Uh, we had featured his album, Rumor and Sigh. Um, well, you know, it was one, it was one I brought, like I said, this is the third Richard Thompson album. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I don't, I don't know if this was like the one that introduced me to Richard Thompson. I think it might've been because I think I heard the title song from this album. I want to see the bright lights tonight. And I remember thinking like, what, who is this? This is awesome. And then, of course, I listened to the album and I don't know how many times I listened to that album in that first week. I mean, it, it was it, it was quite a few times and it's one I revisit constantly. I probably listen to this album many times every year. Um, this is definitely one of my one of my personal favorites. That's why I like to say it is a masterpiece like all the other fantastic critics out there. And um yeah, it's just I the the songwriting is just I mean second to none. There I mean it's it's just the 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 songwriting, the 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 sound there's nothing nobody else quite like those two together. They they were just I don't know, they were just totally totally in sync with each other and I just I adore this album so much. Um I don't know. I don't know what else to say 
except, you know, if you haven't listened to it, go listen to it. Um, don't take my word for it. Let the music speak for itself. You know, maybe I'm praising it too much, but I don't believe that I am. I think it is that, that, that great. And yeah, I, hmm, I think that's it. I think that's all I got to say. Um, yeah. And, and I do, I, I do think this is their best album together, but I also love Shoot Out the Lights as well. That last album they did too. Um, but this is the one that I wanted to go with because this is the one that really in- introduced the, the two, uh, the two together. Uh, I'm just saying the same stuff again and again, like I always do. Um, so let's go ahead and wrap that up. Why don't we? Um, so if I had to pick a, well, I have to pick a choice track from the album. There are two that come to mind right away for me. Um, and. At the end of the day, I had to go with the one that I heard first, and that's I, you know, I want to see the bright lights tonight. This is the one that that Linda sings on, um, and and they do take turns singing on this album, which I think is really really unique. They they also have a few songs together. Um, but this one is, is predominantly Linda singing on it. And, um, yeah, it's just, like I said, her, her voice is great. The songwriting is great. They were a great, great team and, um, uh, just an important part of the British folk music scene, uh, at that time. And, and it's great that people are revisiting and discovering, uh, their music. And, um, that's it. Uh, what do you guys think? Um, okay, so I, I'm going to jump in. Uh, uh, so You just want to get your pick in first. Well, I, I do, but <laughs> I, I also probably right. want to cur- have somebody curtail what I'm about to say. Uh, so I like the album. Don't get me wrong. I listened to it. Um, you know I like Richard Thompson. Uh, you know, I picked it, uh, a song of his last album. I don't know what it was. There was, it, you said in sync, which is interesting that you said in sync. When I was listening to this, I felt like she was trying to sound like him. And his voice and his melody is so distinctive that it was times where, like, I didn't feel like at times she didn't have her own voice. That being said, it, it's going to be funny because of the actual song that I picked, because the one song I picked is the one where they actually sing together. Um, and it's, it's, but like I said, overall, I, I like the album. I just kind of felt like she, it, I wish she had her own voice and I, I don't feel like she did, but anyways, the, the song I'm picking is, uh, the little beggar girl. I'm just a little beggar girl. And Sally is my name. You can call me a skyver and I'll call you the same. Cause that one, like she, I feel like she has the most distinct her own voice, and then he's singing in the background, and so you can kind of get a little, you know, different comparison. But yeah, it, that was it, I enjoyed that one the most. So yeah, <laughs> so that's all I have to say. Hopefully, hopefully I make it to the end of the episode. <laughs> okay, well I'll I'll, uh, <laughs> I'll try nothing, in with my I, nothing. I get nothing. 
<laughs> well, I mean, you want me to completely disagree with you? Yes. I do. <laughs> I know. I, I, I don't. I don't. I don't think you're right in the slightest. But that's you know, okay. All right. You have your opinion. I have mine. But did they- also, also the uh, you know critics behind the- me too. But <laughs> yeah, I got you. I got you. <laughs> did they? Uh, did they actually? They broke up after this album. No, they broke up. This came out in '74. They broke up at the end of '81. '81. You know, like a couple, like I love a couple bands, like the ones that are really good. And uh, she, uh, I f- actually, I forgot the name of this one band that's a couple. It's really good. I'll have to talk about them at some point when I can remember who they are. <laughs> but yeah, no, this is a, this is definitely like uh, of the times. I, I think that good writing happened then. <laughs> I don't know what it is. And I like how you paired it with Bob Dylan too, because like the lyrics, and all their stuff like this album has a lot of like really good lyrics uh, i picked the calvary calvary cross i was under the calvary cross and i, I know it's also in a horror movie called the night house which i haven't seen yet but uh, that's kind of a more recent um i think it's been used in other stuff too like tv shows but now this album, I, I could be wrong, but it's supposed to be live, right? The, this version of it. it, it has been been there's there's okay. a bonus track like on the album, uh, Cal- okay. Calvary Cross Live, which that live recording on on that album, that bonus track is amazing it's for Calvary awesome. Cross. <laughs> so good. I've listened to it a few times, but it's like it's a really good. It's got a jam band sound, and I like that. Um, I've gone to a lot of shows as a as a teenager and you know older with jam bands, and that is that it's always so memorable. Um, I think it's really cool that like Richard and Linda were doing music together. If a husband and wife can do that, that's like how passionate is that? Um, she's got a Joni Mitchell sound, a little bit of that vibe. Joni Mitchell is one of my favorites too. Um, that's just like what I think she might sound like, but that doesn't really matter. It's just that's that's uh, like if you're looking for their sound and you want to check out their stuff, that's kind of kind of what I what what it brought me to. Um, and yeah, he definitely like I could see. Uh, did he do a show with Bob Dylan? Did they ever tour together? I'm not sure. I mean, I I imagine they've crossed paths. They would all yeah yeah. They were they were definitely on the scene together, and I know I know. Bob Dylan went to England many times, which is, you know, where Richard Thompson is from. And, um, yeah. you know, Richard Thompson, like with Fairport Convention, they're doing folk, folk music. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, that takes, that takes a lot of effort. <laughs> I, I would be like, oh, my asthma <laughs> by the end of like one song. Uh, but uh, kudos to being young, right? And yeah, no, this is, it wasn't like um, the whole album didn't wow me, but there were like songs on this album that I thought were great. And this one I thought was really good too. And I mean, like, like Bob Dylan, there's a lot of lyrics. You could probably create your own interpretation of what you think it is. Um, it looks like it's like struggle and hurt, um, which is what a lot of people sing about. Cause that's what they experience, you know? Um, but uh Yeah. I like I like that song a lot. I like the vibe. I like the whole like the live version. 
So that's the only one I've heard, but uh, I'm sure I'd like the non-live version too. Uh, and what's up with the what? What is up? So this is almost like misleading too. When you look at the, it's a really cool, interesting way to do like an album cover. And I think it's just them writing on a window, in like foggy a foggy window. But it almost looks like it's blood from far away <laughs> because there's like red lights in the back, I think, or something like that. But yeah, it's like, oh, is, this, is this like a soundtrack to a horror movie? And then when you look at it again, you're like, oh, is this just right out of the window? <laughs> so don't be World fooled by the. Never know. Yeah, right? don't be fooled by that. Or maybe they're, it is supposed to be that. I don't know. So I'll jump in and say that I love the songwriting, I love the sounds, the acoustic feel of everything. Um, it kind of threw me for a loop only because, like, I started comparing, right? I, I, I shouldn't have, but I started comparing between Bob Dylan and, and what we have here is essentially a duet album. Um, and it, it was kind of hard for me to compare only because I don't hear is I'm listening from the commercial side point of view when I should be listening from the artistic side of point of view. And I think this will kind of throw me off. So I just threw the whole comparison out the window and then just started listening to the album itself. Got through the album, went through two times. Um, definitely see the influence of different artists that they pull from, but also, you know, you could tell that they were in tune when they were making this album. Um, it, it was not a, a struggle for them to come forth and, and try to put this album together. Um, and, and that's from outside looking in, only because the sound of it sounds so perfect. So they were probably fighting like cats and dogs, recording the whole damn thing. Uh, you know, which probably led to them separating later on. But even still, not trying to speculate on the relationship itself, just strictly listening to the music. It's so melodic and so ominous at the same time. Like I could, I could really see this being played in several different movies, whether they be like. Um, the, the dramatic life love stories or even like we brought up before, like horror film. This could be the, the, the laying of the low before somebody's head gets chopped off, you know, or, or something, you know, sinister comes from around the corner. Um, speaking of which, the song that I chose for the album was one of those that made me feel like or, and I had the most prolific feeling for me. And that was, um, down where the drunkards roll. Down where the drunkards roll. Down where and that that one hit me like a ton of bricks. I can listen to that shit all day. And really and truly, like that's the one that, that kind of drew me into the album more for the on the second listen around. Where I could actually like take it aside, listen to it by itself, and enjoy it for what it was by itself and so that's what really sold me on it and that's the song that I picked and you know, I always like those those kind of off the wall cuts that not everybody can can attribute to but I think this one this is one of those that kind of kind of brought out the album from a whole new life so it's definitely one that I'm going to put in my repertoire I'm going to be looking for the vinyl I'm going to see if I can grab something of it that I can try to try to hold on to it because this has got one of those special feelings that you're out in the middle of a field, in a house, nobody knows where you are, 
and you just put this on, you sit down in your rocket chair with some lemonade and you just reminisce on life. And it's like, that's, that's the feeling that you want to have when you listen to this album. I want to do that. The picture, yeah, that's, <laughs> that's, that's the picture I get when I listen to it, man. Like you got so much, you got some good stuff in here and bad stuff happening at the same time that, you know, through the lyrics themselves, but there's just the sound quality. Yeah, there's some bad chicken out of the soul. It is, it is crazy, bro. The sound quality is crazy. And you know, the, the tone of the voices, the tone of the guitar, the tone of the underlay within when the beat does come in. Um, it's, it's all a slow draw, but it's like a slow draw of a cigar. It's like you're enjoying the moment and you know there's some harmful shit in it, but you just don't care. You're in the moment. And that's the best way I can describe it. And so, man, I appreciate you for bringing this to us, dude. Real talk. Yeah, man. I appreciate your words. They're very nice. Uh, I'll, I'll be sure to relay them to Richard if I ever see him. Okay, cool. <laughs> I hope one day. Uh, right. And and just so you know, you can find you can find the record. I have it. It's amazing. Cool. Yeah. And and do check out Shoot Out the Lights. I think you'd like that one a lot too. Okay. Um. Cool. Well, thanks guys for listening. And um, before we go, we have homework. And Diedrich, what are we listening to? So this one's going to tie into the next next week's theme. Um, but it's from an artist that you know is, is shown in one light, but really has so many different layers to him that you kind of have to dig deep behind it. And really, it's this is the emphasis of what put him in the spotlight for what he is. Um, which you know. I'm just going to say the artist. I'm not going to say the theme or anything of that. But the artist is Slick Rick. And the album is 1988's The Great Adventures of Slick Rick. And I wanted to kind of take y'all on a little bit of a journey. But you'll see what I'm talking about once you get there. So go back and listen to it. Um, Slick Rick, 1988's The Great Adventures of Slick Rick. All right, cool. Looking forward to that. Um, So make sure everybody you listen to that before the next episode. And, um, Taj, why don't you go ahead and sign us off here? Sure thing. Uh, this has been Choice Tracks. You can find this on our website of choicetracks.com uh, or email us at choicetracks at gmail.com. Both of those end with a Z. We have matching playlists on both uh, Spotify and Pandora. And we ask that you please subscribe and listen to all past and future episodes. Let's go ahead and sign out. I'm Taj. I'm Brandon. I'm Damon. And I'm Dietrich, and uh, we're going to pick up the needle, but y'all keep spinning those choice tracks. Like a Rolling Stone. <laughs> <laughs>